Now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Good morning. Welcome into the Tim Donnelly Show. Tuesday morning, 6.06. We'll be with you for the next three hours, helping you start your Tuesday off, hopefully on the right foot. Thank you for starting your day with us here on WRAD Radio Network, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM. I'm Tim Donnelly, joined by producer Lobro here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker Team Hotline. That's 540-639-4900. That is the Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now, um, it's Tuesday. It's Top Tuesday. So we'll be getting to our, our top lists here in a second. But first, we need to make sure that you are covered. Even when it's a bit of a slower sports day, there's still conversations that are going to happen at the water cooler. There's still conversations that are going to happen at the kids' practice. There's still conversations that are going to happen all over the place. And you want to make sure you are up to date on everything in the sports world. And for that, we got you covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And there is some, well, maybe it's not bad news, but it's at least the absence of good news for the Hokies as Quincy Roche, one of the top defensive end transfer targets on the market, a player that Virginia Tech was very much interested in and very much put the effort into recruiting. He has decided not only not to come to Blacksburg, but he has decided to take his talents to South Beach where he will be playing for the Miami Hurricanes. He goes from one of the best players in the American Athletic Conference to Shirley, a difference maker in the ACC, but now he is not playing for the Hokies. He is playing against them, so they will have to find a way to game plan against a new talent right here in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Joining him in Miami, just to add insult to injury, will be to Eric King, who was the quarterback for Houston a season ago before sitting out after the fourth game, protecting his red shirt and giving himself the opportunity to grad transfer. He will also be in Miami, filling a hole that they had uh, the size of the moon in their roster this past season. Miami's going to be an interesting team this upcoming year with Manny Diaz going once again to the transfer market. But as I've said time and time and time again, Virginia Tech may not be able to out-recruit some of these national programs, but what they can do and what they can control is their ability to out-develop them. A lot of talent on the roster for the Hokies. If they all take the next step, Quincy Roche into Eric King will be long afterthoughts when it comes to the Hokies. Uh, Speaking of the Atlantic Coast Conference, Clemson somehow convinced Travis Etienne to stay I don't know what dreams Dabo is selling these kids in the, the the meetings that he has with them, but Travis Etienne would have been one of the best running backs in the NFL draft class. Instead, he will be probably the best, singular, the best running back returning to college football. Very, very surprising at a position like running back. As you know, if you listen to the show, I'm the lead activist for players' rights. I want players to do what they think is best for them. So ETN has the right to come back to school. I just hope that he properly weighed the business decision aspect of this, knowing that running backs are a ticking time bomb. Every carry you put on your body is one less opportunity you have to to get paid for that carry in the NFL. If I were him, I would have been on my way to the pros. ACC basketball, uh, there's there's been a prevailing thought that, that, that ACC basketball is down. 
right? Parody, right? They're missing Zion, right? They, they don't have the top-end talent, especially with Cole Anthony still not yet playing for North Carolina. How about this, everybody? The latest AP poll, Florida State is fifth, Louisville is sixth, Duke is eighth. That means if the NCAA tournament were to start right now and the committee mimicked the AP poll, there would be three Atlantic Coast Conference teams in the first or second seed. That's pretty darn good, and, and I don't know if we should qu- quite run around yelling the sky is falling on ACC basketball quite yet. Uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, Connor McGregor. Haven't had an opportunity to talk about his win over the weekend. It took him 40 seconds to knock out Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, but again, it, it is a dramatic absence of conversation about his out-of-the-octagon life. Still, two open investigations in Ireland into sexual abuse uh, allegations against Conor McGregor. Still, no talk about the arrest for assaulting an old man in a bar, the the, uh, charges for throwing a dolly at a tour bus. He's not the best dude, but he might be the best fighter pound for pound in the world. Lakers last night got blown out by the Celtics by 32 points, I believe it was, 139-107. Anthony Davis played just 23 minutes. LeBron James played just 29 minutes. The Lakers knew early on in this one that they didn't have it. They pulled everything uh, and saved their resources. Interesting enough, I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. The Celtics, Derrick Henry, the Lakers, they put Enos Cantor into the game and let him go old school, right? Offensive rebounding, points in the paint, which is interesting because the Lakers are the biggest team in the country, uh, biggest team in the league, right? They're big. They have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. They have JaVale McGee. They have Dwight Howard. But the interesting part is the advantage of those big guys is they can guard smaller players. They can guard on the perimeter. They can guard modern NBA. What we learned last night is they might have a hard time guarding traditional NBA. Uh, And then other news in the NBA to round things out. Speaking of Zion Williamson not being in the ACC, it does appear as if tomorrow he will make his first appearance in the NBA for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I don't know if expectations could be any higher for this guy. I don't think he could possibly exceed them. All we've seen are two-minute clips of him dunking on everybody on Instagram and YouTube, and, and I expect him to not do that in the NBA. That was Gotcha Covered here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, Hopefully, you now know everything you need to be in the know when it comes to to sports conversations later on today on this Tuesday, January 21st, 6.13 in the morning. Good morning to you all. Bring in the energy to kickstart your day. Who needs coffee when you have this kind of ferociousness in the morning? That should be our, our slogan. Who needs coffee when you have this kind of sports ferociousness in the morning, you're looking uh, at me with a grin as you're saying that. Like I'm just sitting. Ferociousness over here like, <laughs> is such a great word. <laughs> that is, is that even a real word? Ferocious is. Ferociousness, though, is that? A well, real I mean, word? it is the the noun of ferocious. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, yeah, ferociousness. Ferocious, yeah, okay. The the yeah, S- savagely the, fierce. <laughs> <laughs> savagely fierce that's even better um uh to start off every single tuesday uh to start off every hour every single tuesday uh we hit top lists we call it top tuesday we do a top three at six a top four at seven a top five at eight this is the top three it's top tuesdays with tim donnelly here's your top three 
So the Super Bowl is set, right? We we know who's going to be playing. It's the Chiefs. It's the Niners. It's Shanahan. It's Reed. It's Garoppolo. It's Mahomes. It's Sherman. It's Matthew. It's uh, Debo Samuel. It's Tyreek Hill. It's it's Emmanuel Sanders. It's Sammy Watkins. It's it's a really really interesting matchup. It's a strong defense against maybe the best offense. It's an interesting offense against an interesting defense. There there's a lot of matchups here that make sense. But and we're gonna have plenty of time. We have two weeks here to get into the X's and O's. We have two weeks here to get into which matchup do you think is going to be an advantage for which team and how do you think it's actually going to break down. But but one thing we can know already is who has the most to prove. Who's coming into this game with the biggest gap between who they are and who they want to be that they can close, right? A gap that they can close by how they perform February 2nd in Miami. So So we're counting down right now the top three people not players, not coaches, not owners, anybody. Could be Joe Buck in the announcer's booth. Top three people with most to prove at the Super Bowl, starting with number three. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. To use the, <laughs> to use the, the term from the State Farm commercials, my new Mahomey. What do you what do you insure his Mahomes and Auto? No, um, <laughs> uh, Patrick Mahomes, and, and it's funny that you could have something to prove when what is he twenty four years old? Uh, it's hard that you could have something to prove, but the thing is, his career has already ridden a, a pretty crazy roller coaster. First year sat behind Alex Smith. Next year, took the world by storm. 50 touchdown passes, MVP, best quarterback in the league, best player in the league, right? Most valuable player. Then this year, a little bit of injury, right? A little bit of, little bit of not living up to the expectations he set for himself the previous year. A little bit of, of, of surprise, a little bit of not 50 touchdowns, mix in a little bit of Lamar Jackson having the season he had. And, and suddenly, it, it almost was like he fell from the best player in the league to not even the most exciting young player for the future with that mantle being passed to Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes now has the opportunity to be the youngest person in the history of the NFL to win a Super Bowl as a quarterback and an MVP before turning 25. If he wants to pull back into the front of the league, which I believe he he deserves to be, I think he should be the face of the league. I think he's the best player. I think he's the most talented. I think he has the highest upside. I think he's got the best future. I think he's got all those things. But if he wants the world to unanim, unanimously agree on them, play well, win a Super Bowl. Play well, win a Super Bowl. And, and at this time next week, we'll all be saying, or excuse me, this time two weeks from now, we'll all be saying, Patrick Mahomes is this hyperbole, that hyperbole, this exaggeration, that exaggeration, because he he will have done something that no one else has ever done in the history of the National Football League. Number two. Jimmy G. And I know it's it's kind of cliche to go quarterback, quarterback, but and I'm not trying to be captain cliche here, but but I am simply being uh, honest. Jimmy G is going to have a lot to prove. Jimmy G is going, uh, if he has another game like he just had, 
He's going to go down with the Dilfers of the world who did as little as possible to win a, a Super Bowl at the quarterback position. Yeah, right. He's going to be one of the all-time backpacks who the defense just wore and, and the running game just put on their back and, and took him to a championship. There's going to be a moment where he has to prove that he was worthy of the giant contract. There's going to be a moment where he has to prove that he's not just a, a strong jawline and a handoff. Because he right now he's a handoff aficionado. He's a handoff wizard. Right? He, he can turn and give it to the running back with the best of them, and he can smile and look like a GQ cover when he does it. But the thing that he needs to prove is that he's more than that. They just haven't had to use it. Right? He's the secret weapon. He's the last resort, and he is going to have to do that against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to score points. Jimmy G is going to, at some point, go throw for throw with Patrick Mahomes. Just going to have to happen. And lastly, number one. And this is easy to me. You can start this list at number one. Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the coach of the, the, the Chiefs, obviously, but he was a longtime coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, just so you guys know, he took over as the head coach of the Eagles in 1999. 99 to 09, 09 to 19. He's been a head coach for 20 years. He's made it to one other Super Bowl, did not win. He's, he, I mean, you look at the all-time lists, offensive lists, winning lists, this list, that list. He's on a lot of them because of his longevity and his success. But what he is not is a Super Bowl champion. Matter of fact, right now, his postseason career, he is 14-14. and 14. He's... 207 and 128 in the regular season, but he is exactly 500 in the postseason. So get this. If you're Andy Reid, after this game, talking about the gap that he can clear, after this game, he could either be one of the greatest coaches of all time with the Super Bowl to, to validate that, or he could be below 500 in the postseason and, and one of the most successful regular season coaches who actually loses more games than he wins in the postseason. That's a, that's a tough place to be if you are Andy Reid. Huge gap between what he is now and what he could be uh, two weeks from now, February 3rd. Let's take a break. When we come back, some big news in Major League Baseball. Openings at the managerial positions for the cheating franchises. How should they handle it? Next. He can't change the rules, but he has a microphone. Tim Donnelly is the sports dictator. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show back in the 6 o'clock hour on the WRAD radio network, 101.7, 103.5, a.m. So the Major League Baseball is, is at a crossroads, right? First of all, players aren't talking for the Astros, for the Red Sox, which I think is a problem, right? At, at, at some point, Someone's going to have to talk. They're going to have to say something. They're going they're going to have to to I don't even know if they're going to address it, but they're going to have to say, "Hey, we're moving on." This weird little coy smirk thing they're doing. Right when 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 Jose Altuve uh was interviewed and he was, you know, 
Just just the, the twinkle in their eye that says, you're never going to catch me. Alex Bregman's smirk looks like the guy who's – who. this is how I'm going to describe the way Alex Bregman looks in, in, when he's asked about the cheating scandal that he was at the center of. He looks like someone in high school who gets caught drinking but knows that their dad is the police sheriff. And knows the moment the police officer that's breaking up the party sees his ID with his last name, it's all going to go away. He's re- he reeks of, my dad is a lawyer. He knows all of the judges in this town. He reeks of it. So baseball is at a crossroads in that the, the players are not going to help the face of, of this sport moving forward. The players are not going to aid in the rehabilitation of the sport moving forward because they see themselves as untouchable and the league is treating them as if they're untouchable. Own uh, Teams were given draft pick uh, deductions. Uh, the, the Astros, $5 million. Coaches were fired. Managers fired. General managers fired. Players, nothing. So as long as you treat them like they're untouchable, they're going to act untouchable. They were just as much part of it as anyone. They were the the part of it. Yeah. The the owner wasn't out there bashing trash cans. They were the part of it. And they've gotten nothing, right? And, And that's, first of all, it's a problem with society, right? Athletes always feel like they can get away with anything. I, I, I've been a, a, uh, I don't, a victim isn't the word. I've been a beneficiary of it, right? How is this any different, right? This is the story. In high school, we had uh, an Arby's right across the street from our high school, and we weren't allowed to leave campus to go get food. Occasionally, people on the football team would walk across the 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 highway there and get Arby's for lunch, right? If you had a couple dollars, you could run over there and get, at the time they were doing four for four, you get four roast beef sandwiches for $4. Ooh. You'd walk over there, get a little four for four, walk on back. And, and at one point, our, <laughs> our principal, who was a former football player at the school, former coach at the school, played for our coach. So we played for the same coach. He just played, you know, decades before. Uh, would call us in, and, and he, we'd be like, oh, man, we're going to get in trouble, right? You, you went over. He, you left when you weren't supposed to. He would bring us into his office. He'd close the door, and he, he would start with this line. I'm not going to talk to you as a principal. I'm going to talk to you as a mentor or a coach. And as soon as he said that, we were like, okay, we're not getting in trouble because a mentor or a coach can't do anything to you, right? He can't, he can't uh, uh, you know, give you whatever, detention. So, so we're like, all right. So he'd, he'd say, you know, I'm disappointed in you guys for breaking the rules, taking advantage of. We'd nod, and then we'd go back to class or go back to the, the cafeteria with our Arby's. It was all good. Yeah, because it's like they didn't take it away or anything. So. No. Athletes, and that's not right, right? And, and, and other people probably would have gotten in more trouble than we did. That's not right. And, and athletes start there, right? They start with getting a little bit of Arby's for lunch, and they end with cheating and not getting caught. 
Then with cheating and not getting blamed, not getting punished. It's a slippery slope. It is. And, and, and I mean, you could study society and go a lot further towards criminal behavior and towards how athletes treat cops when they're getting in trouble. Celebrities, too. Celebrities, same thing. So, so players aren't going to help. What can Major League Baseball and what can these teams do to help rehabilitate their image knowing that the players are spoiled little brats that aren't going to help out? Stick around. That's next. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show, Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, 1460 AM. We're talking about what the what baseball can do to make themselves come out of this cheating scandal slightly more unscathed than, pos- than, than, than it looks like they're going to. Right? And I don't call it the pitch-tipping scandal. I don't call it the sign-stealing sign scandal. I don't call it the... Cameras in the outfield zooming in on catchers' fingers and relaying it to the dugout where they banged on trash can scandal. I call it the cheating scandal. I mean, the trash scandal is pretty good. No, we're no? not. We're not playing with puns at the moment. The trash scandal does not work. Trash scandal. You have to say it quicker. Trash scandal. I'm not calling anything a trash candle. Trash candle. I'm telling you, it works. I refuse. Here's what they can do. And and here's what uh, really falls on Houston, Boston, and the New York Mets. Right, The three teams who had managers in place that were implicated in the cheating scandal that were not forced but but pretty much forced to do away with them as their manager, whether it was A.J. Hinch in Houston, whether it was Alex Cora uh, with the Red Sox, or whether it was Carlos Beltran with the Mets, they were all – vacated of their duties due to their involvement with this cheating scandal. And the thing they can do is hire the right guy next, right? And it's not necessarily going to be the best baseball fit, which is going to be really tough for these teams, particularly Houston and Boston, because they have good teams. They have high-profile players. They have a lot of money invested on the field. But what they need is somebody that is of absolutely unassailable moral integrity. Right? They need somebody that the public will trust, will take their best player and say, you're doing something immoral. You're doing something unethical. I'm sitting you down. Now, where are you going to find someone like that? I don't know. And that's why I'm saying it might not be the best baseball fit. They might have to interview people that they feel will win more games and say, I can't trust you when no one's watching. I can't trust you to to make everyone else believe that what we are doing within our building is completely on the up and up. What if they had like MLB officials or something going in, like just like not babysit, but just it's, watch, it, like preside in their offices? It's like this. I was um I was watching the the Aaron Hernandez documentary, right? Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a wild watch. It's been fact checked, and it turns out some of the stuff may not may not has been may not have been as it was portrayed in the in the documentary. Um, but one thing that was proven was uh, when Aaron Hernandez was coming into the NFL. It was well documented that 
he ran around with some bad crowds, and he smoked a lot of marijuana. So NFL teams were concerned, right? He was a very obvious first-round talent that got drafted in the fourth round due to those concerns. But one thing he and his agent did was they sent a letter to every NFL team, including the New England Patriots, that said, my client will subject themselves to a significant increase of drug tests in season compared to anyone else in the league. They will be drug tested, is willing to be drug tested, more than anyone else in the league to prove, because we know that you're aware of his history, to prove that he is serious about playing for uh, your franchise. Now, obviously, that did not work out. He continued to use drugs, and and his life took some some dark and twisted turns. But you need someone that that wouldn't have to send that letter to be the next manager of the Houston Astros, right? Someone that wouldn't have to send the letter saying, listen, this time you can check me. This time you can drug test me. You need someone who can very, very obviously always be drug tested, no problem, because they have nothing to worry about. You want to hear another uh, kind of personal story on this fact? Uh, Delaware had two different kinds of, of drug testing, right? They had the NCAA mandated drug test, which if you failed an NCAA mandated drug test, uh, you know, out for a year, big time suspensions, um, those are the, the serious ones, right? And then we had school issued, right? Delaware wanted to hold themselves to a higher standard than the NCAA held Delaware students. So we were drug tested more often by just the university where those results would not be passed along to the NCAA and they had their own, uh, their own punishment, right? First test, uh, if you failed, I believe was one month suspension. Second one was four game suspension, uh, or eight game suspension. And then the last one was, I think you might've been kicked off the team. I don't know. I don't think we ever had anyone get there. Um, but at one point in time, and it wasn't, it wasn't always the full team. That's the other big part of this, right? They would randomly pick, say, 12 to 15 guys uh, on a random Tuesday. You'd get a text the night before that says, I need you to be at the facility at 545 the next morning, um, and, and you're, you know, you're going to have to pee in a cup. Uh, and that was it. Like You just did it. And, and at one point in time, there was this one specific offseason where three consecutive tests, we had at least a couple test positive for marijuana and, and get the month suspension. Three consecutive. Mm. Which is really, really bad for a program. Yeah. Uh, so, so we had at I don't know, probably seven, eight guys total uh, suspended at some point in time in that off season for a month for for failing these little Delaware drug tests. And and coach came out, called the team meeting. We're all in the room, and and he hit us with, "What the heck are you guys doing? Three consecutive tests." It can happen. You need to be more focused than that. You're hurting the program. You're hurting your team. You're hurting the this. You're hurting the that. You're hurting the colors. And guess what happened next? I was drug tested the next three consecutive random drug tests. And you know who else was there with me? All of the guys who it was well known didn't smoke all of the guys who it was well known didn't mess around in stuff they weren't supposed to be messing around in. All of the goody goodies, which I considered myself was a bit of a square, right? Didn't didn't dabble in any of that kind of stuff. Uh, we were there the next three consecutive drug tests. 
So coach came to us and said, we will not have another positive test uh, for a long time or else da 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 And then he guaranteed that we weren't going to have another positive test by only asking the good guys to get tested. Although it was random. Which, by the way, I was drug tested maybe two times the other four years of my career. But in, in that three-month span, I was drug tested three times. It was, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You need to hire, if you're Houston, if you're Boston, if you're the Mets, one of those guys that the coach would have asked to get tested when he knew he needed to have a clean test. Not someone that had to say, hey, no, I'm good this time, coach. Test me right now. Someone that was good all the time. They need to hire people with, with unassailable more moral integrity. Right? These are already high-profile jobs. Normally, you need someone that can stand up to scrutiny. Right? Someone who doesn't have anything to hide. Now, those teams need someone that doesn't only have nothing to hide. They need someone who is proud to show everything they have going on in their life, everything they have going on in their history. Someone that can can answer every question honestly. Right? You, you don't have to have a good memory. If you don't have, if you don't start lying, I, I don't know what that, that, that cliche is. If you tell the truth, you don't need to have a good memory. Something like that. No idea what you're talking about. Well, if you lie, you need to have a really good memory. Because you need to remember what you said to what person and back that story up each time. Right, if, if right, you right. if you always tell the truth, you don't need to have a good memory because you can always just think back to the truth. what what actually happened and say the truth again. Yeah, that's how like I guess when liars they tell different people the story, but stories it's a don't corroborate story. exactly. So so they need someone who has a terrible memory, right? They need someone who can't lie at all. These teams need to hire a manager or a general manager or or whoever is being replaced needs to to be a saint. Right, someone you know, you know how they always say, "Don't don't throw stones." I'm just hitting all the cliches today. Don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. Uh, yes. We need someone who's fine throwing stones because they don't live in a glass house. Right. Here's here's the thing. Here's how I'm gonna paint it. Baseball, especially, is big on an eye for an eye. Right. If um, if one of your pitchers is using a foreign substance, right? If they keep rosin mixed with sunscreen and bug spray on their neck and when they need to really get a grip on a ball they start rubbing their neck then you can't call another team out for using foreign substances right if, if uh, we'll, we'll break it down even simpler we'll make a hypothetical here actually here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take a break when we come back i will break it down with a hypothetical make this as crystal clear as i possibly can on why Houston, Boston, and the Mets need to have a a non-glass house living, morally perfect individual as their next manager. Next. He's going to fight for your right to play ball. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is coming your way next on WRAD. Here we go. We're back. Tim Donnelly Show. Talk of the New River Valley. Um, Here's the hypothetical I wanted to paint, right? And and it's it, it gives you an exact example. 
the Red Sox are playing the Yankees. We'll use the biggest, most iconic rivalry, right? The Red Sox have a pitcher on the mound. This is a hypothetical. I'm not accusing anyone. Have a pitcher on the mound that has just a glob of of rosin mixed with sunscreen, mixed with uh, bug spray, mixed with like chewing gum on his neck, right? And I'm talking, you can see it from the stands. Everyone on social media is talking about it. And the Yankees are not walking out there to tell the umpire, would you take a look at what this guy has on his neck? And everyone's going, why not? Why not? Why not? And the reason they're not, the reason they aren't is very simple. It's because their pitchers, maybe it's not that obvious, but they also use some kind of foreign substance. And they know if they go out there and call out the Red Sox pitcher, the Yankees will then have to tell all of their pitchers to stop doing it because the next time one of them is on the mound, the Red Sox are going to come out and protest them. So, so when it comes to this, what you need, if you are the Astros, if you are Boston, if you are the New York Mets, is you need a manager that would be willing to go out there and call out the other team. You need to be willing to go out there and call out the other team because you know your backyard is pristine. You know your closet is well-kept with no skeletons. That is the only way baseball comes out of this okay. That is the only way. Because if you hire another slime ball, a used car salesman, who might win you five more games over the next 10 years, right? Each year for the, for the next 10. If you hire the next goober to be a manager of these three franchises, you are going to be slapping the fans in the face because I want someone I can trust. I need someone I can trust because there's no way that my eyeballs or Lobro's eyeballs or your eyeballs are going to be able to monitor, to see everything going on in that clubhouse, those three clubhouses, for the next 10 years. So what we need is someone who, when they're at the press conference podium and says, yes, everything is clean, everything is good, everything is on the up and up, we can go, all right, I believe that guy. And there's something inherent about it. We all have friends like that, right? We have friends that could look me in the eye and say the most obviously true thing in the world. And I'll go, I'm still going to check. Right. You ever have this one? Someone's in the kitchen. You're like, Hey, check, check the, check the chicken in the oven. Tell me if it's good. They open it up, go add needs five more minutes. What do you do? You go into the kitchen and you check (laughs) and then you go, ah, you know, it probably needs five more minutes and you come back into the living room, but you didn't trust them just because it's that friend. And then there's one friend that could be like, It's ready. Here you go. Eat it. They'll toss it to you. You don't even have to cut it open to see if it's good. You'll eat the chicken without risking salmonella because you trust them. I need the trustworthy friend leading these baseball teams. I need. It's not, it's not a, it's not a up in the air. It's not like, oh, I'd like to, if, if, you know, it's not the fifth thing on the wish list. It is an absolute necessity. I need integrity back in my sports. I require integrity back in my sports. 
especially in something like base. <clears throat> excuse me, baseball. Like baseball is like getting you know, choked you, up about it. You always, <laughs> I know it's it it crushes me that people are just you know they don't. It you it, look at it, you kind of see it as like not a highbrow sport, but a, definitely a like fancier in a way. Like I'll, I'll give you this much: sport. it's it's kind of golf like in yeah. that in that there are many ways to cheat. And we are kind of just trusting the players not to, right? It's 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 like an unwritten, which I hate about baseball that so much is unwritten. But there's a lot of stuff like we can't know if when you wipe off your fingers after you know rubbing your your hand through your hair, if you get all the sweat off of it, right? But if you have a little bit of sweat on on your hands and you put them on the ball, that's a spitball. It's against the rules. Like we're just trusting you that you're gonna live up to the spirit of the rule. Golf is the same way, right? When you're deep in the woods, we're just kind of hoping and 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 assuming that you're not going to kick your ball to a better better place. It's 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 again, it's not highbrow. That that's not the word and you're right, it's not. But but it is a little bit more expectant of integrity than other sports. Exactly. And and it needs to be preserved that way because the moment you start letting people run wild, then they're gonna run wild, <laughs> right? They're they're gonna they're gonna. You give them an inch, they're gonna take ten miles. You give them ten miles, pretty soon they're gonna they're gonna own all your land. They're gonna be dressing in your clothes. They're gonna be dating your wife. They're gonna leave nothing for you, and pillage your village. And and I don't think many people want that to happen. Yikes! So hire someone awesome. That's all I'm saying. Hire like. Whoever has the highest integrity, trustworthy rating in this country. How do you measure that? Hire like Mr. Rogers. I mean, I, I get that he's passed away, but hire him anyway. Hokey Hour, when we come back, Tim Donnelly Show next.